How about that cigar? How about it? It is the best night of the week. It's Tuesday. For those of you watching the video afterwards or listening to the podcast afterwards, it may be Monday, it may be Friday. I don't know. I don't know how you roll, but I know right now it's live. It's Tuesday, and we're here, and we're glad to be here. And boom, right off the bat, right off the bat, big pickle out the gate. What? How's it going? Mr. Crawford. So, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful night here in the uh, the sheet rockless man cave, the drywallless <laughs> man cave that everybody always gives me crap about. This, there will be three more HBTC lives in this weird little shed. Uh, then we're moving. So, uh, yeah, thanks everybody so much for joining us this evening. It is, like I said, it's Tuesday. It's beautiful. It's my favorite night of the week. I know. I was excited, you know, doing <clears throat> doing show prep and getting some topics put together and things like that. Really excited. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. Um, you know, when you have a chance, please follow us on Facebook. Like the Facebook page. Uh, you, can, uh, you can set it up so that every time we go live, you get notified. That'll help you not miss, um, not miss anything from us. Uh, go to Instagram if you're on Instagram. Uh, find us on Instagram at HBT Cigar. Find us on Twitter at HBT Cigar. Uh, Facebook.com slash HBT Cigar. And, of course, how about that cigar.com. And thank you guys so much. How about um, on AOL? Where can they find us on AOL? Uh, on AOL, you can find us uh, at uh, 172.no. <laughs> Private address. I love it. Um, oh. So before we get rolling into things, um, I want to give, because we are local, we are Minnesota, and we are proud to be Minnesota cigar lovers. Um, and one of the best cigar groups on Facebook flat out is MHC and that is Minnesota Herf Connection and uh, we love MHC we love the MHC family we, we want to give a big shout out to this weekend on Saturday June 22nd uh, at starting at 11 a.m. Uh, is the MHC Summer Herf uh, it's a it's a great time it's everybody's going to gather together it'll be barbecue there'll be drinks there'll be uh, you know, bring bring your cigars, bring your, uh, you know, bring something to drink, something to share. And uh, there's just a lot of great people. MHC is filled mm -hmm. with, well, they're, it's filled with cigar people, and cigar people are the best people. I got nothing. He's got nothing. He's because got, it's so true. Cigar people are the best people. So And MHC stands above any other cigar group that I have ever seen. And there's some awesome groups out there, but. Hashtag change my mind. It's true. Changed my mind. Hey, I dig it. Proving MHC. So uh, that is Saturday, uh, June 22nd, starting at 11 a.m. Uh, and that is at uh, 4500 Rice Street, I believe in... I'm going to open it up right now. Uh, 4500 <clears throat> Rice Street, and that is in uh, Shoreview, Minnesota. Pickle, so. uh, pickle. We're trying to get people to watch the show. If we start singing, 
people start running. So we're going to hold off on the singing. Yeah, no singing. There will be no singing. Um, and another shout-out for Minnesota Cigars. Uh, Thursday night, June 20th, the annual event called Cigars and Baseball, uh, starting at 4 p.m. It is at the Auto Motorplex in Minneapolis, in, uh, uh, sorry, in Medina, Minnesota. So the Auto Motorplex. Uh, you can find it on Facebook. Search for Cigars and Baseball. Uh, find all the information about the event, how you can get yourself to the event if there are still tickets available. Um, and uh, that gets us a little bit caught up on local Minnesota cigar culture, true cigar culture. Daniel, Big Bear, thanks for coming, brother. Um, you know, and that's just another... Uh, indication of how awesome the cigar culture is in the Twin Cities. Yes. The fact that we've got all of these events going on and uh, it's just filled with awesome people and awesome times. What do you, what do you got there? This is Innis and Gun Bourbon Barrel Porter. I don't want any Innis in my gun. You don't want any? Or do you don't want any gun in your Innis? Yeah, either way. Either way? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, mm -hmm. hey, Different strokes, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, the uh, um, MHC is a great group of people. There's, um, you know, if you're in the Minnesota area and uh, and even if you're not in the Minnesota area, if, if you come here a lot for work or whatever it is, you know, check it out on Facebook. It may be a group that suits you. Yeah, we've got quite a few people either that are <clears throat> way out of the Twin Cities or way out of minnesota uh tim suit camp tim suit camp who always every time there's a mhc event he he puts a comment on it says on my way yep even though he's usually a thousand miles away yeah and he's he lives in a trailer in uh, kentucky in a van down by the river van by, down by the river damn it i got the bottle but did that that came all the way back all the to way me. back that was great <clears throat> all right so happy father's day happy, oh my gosh it's father's day Happy Father's Day Happy to Father's all the dads Day, out there. Um, I'm wearing my new Minnesota Twins hat. Oh, did you get that for one of Dad's my Father's Day? Day gifts? Thank you to my lovely kids and my wonderful wife for the uh, for the Minnesota Twins hat. Uh, speaking of the Twins, I'm going to pull up the score here because uh, they're playing the Sox again. They uh, last night's game was a true oh, pitchers duel for was. the ages. It was a great game if you love yep. to watch great pitching. Yep. If you like high-scoring baseball, it was not a game for you. Not your, not your uh, game. Bottom of the fifth, still tied up at one. So another looks like another uh, slow night for the bats. Uh, Risty is uh, coming to MHC Summer Herf. That's right. Risty from JSK Cigars will be at the Minnesota Summer Herf. So, <clears throat> which is another you know reason number six hundred and forty-five why I am super upset that I can't be there. But it's my brother's fiftieth birthday. 50th birthday party and that uh, that takes precedence so I'm driving down for my brother's birthday party so I will unfortunately miss both cigars and baseball and the MHC summer herf I'm sad I'll get over it welcome Risty thanks for joining us brother thank you um, so uh, yeah twins twins are doing well um, you know they've lost Just, a few you know they I think I think they might have lost two out of three to the Royals of all teams. I know. The Royals, like last yeah. place in, in Major League Baseball Royals. But Astros are doing the same I know, thing. I know, I know. So, um, so yeah, last night, 
you know, two to nothing against the Sox. Um, the uh, it was just great pitching on both sides, and this is the funny part. So the Twins lost two to nothing. Um, Porcello, the pitcher for the starting pitcher for the Sox, had seven seven innings pitched and eight strikeouts and allowed no runs. Um, it's a good outing. But on our side, um, uh, Barrios was on the mound again, who's been a just phenomenal this season. Lights out. So the losing pitcher in this game, uh, eight innings pitched and ten strikeouts. So, what do I you mean, do? what do you do? It's he, a couple got by him. It happens. Yep. Um, you just pick it up and move on to the next game, which they're playing right now. So we'll uh, wish them the best. Hey, is this a cigar show? I'm wondering if this is. A cigar oh show. yeah, this is a cigar show. Thank you. Uh, let's uh, let's fire what up some cigars this evening. We are going to get a little bit nostalgic. Well, not nostalgic, I guess, just sort of uh, this is a notable cigar because this is the first review that ever went up on HowAboutThatCigar.com. And this is from Mombacho Cigars, located in Granada, Nicaragua. Uh, Absolutely beautiful place. If you have a chance to go to Nicaragua, go to Granada and go to Casa Favili. This is that's the name of the cigar. It's also the name of their factory in Granada. Mm. It's an absolutely beautiful place with wonderful people. Claudio, who is the president of Mombacho and the master blender there, is a uh, just an absolutely wonderful guy. Um, one of the most energetic people I've ever known in my life. Um, and they they do tours on a regular basis at the Mombacho factory. Um, and it's just like I said, it's a great, great place to visit. So if uh, if you find yourself in that area, I have a this. I need a that. Um, head down to Granada and see the Mombacho factory. Um, so this is uh, it's a kind of an interesting cigar because, uh, to the best of my oh. knowledge, uh, it is the first uh, cigar major market release premium hand rolled cigar that uses broadleaf. For a wrapper, and this broadleaf was grown in Nicaragua. It's not Connecticut broadleaf. It's not Pennsylvania broadleaf. It's Nicaraguan broadleaf. Um, when I reviewed it uh, many months ago, um, I smoked two cigars for the review, and I was. It, it's just really interesting. You know, it's it does not taste like the Connecticut broadleaf cigars that we have all grown accustomed to. Uh, it's very different, but but it's very good. It's uh, I think it's unique. I think it's got some some different things going on. Uh, so details about this cigar. Uh, like I said, broadleaf from Nicaragua for the wrapper. Binder and filler are Nicaraguan, and uh, the price for this five by fifty robusto, ten dollars ninety five cents. Uh, ask for it at your local tobacconist, uh, and if they do not carry it and refuse to carry it for whatever ridiculous stupid reason, call nine one one. Call nine one one, and then. Search for it on the interwebs and find it at your favorite online cigar retailer. Um, Very interesting story that I saw online today. And this is another local story from Blaine, Minnesota. A four-year-old boy stole, stole, I put that in air quotes. Done stole. His great-grandfather's SUV so he could go down to the holiday station to get some candy. 40 years old. And uh, fortunately, nobody was hurt, including the boy behind the wheel. Um, 
took out some mailboxes. Yeah, took out some mailboxes. The little guy was named Sebastian. Uh, <laughs> and, he said, and one of the reports uh, from City Pages, it was difficult for a person that small to operate a vehicle built for a grown-up. I can't. But, but Sebastian, all without so much as putting on a seatbelt, managed to back out of the driveway, meander in a drunk-seeming zigzag <laughs> through the neighborhood, turn left onto University, and throw a major wrench into rush hour traffic. This was during rush hour. A piece of the truck's bumper ended up at a neighbor's house, and Sebastian ended up at the gas station. Nobody was hurt. Officers took the boy home and reunited him with his family, who had been scared half to death during the whole ordeal. They told a local TV station they plan on locking up the keys and keeping a closer eye on him in the future. Yeah, you can't make it up. I mean, that story's better than fiction. So, fortunately, everybody's okay, but, you know. You imagine seeing a four-year-old behind the wheel of a Chevy Suburban, you know, meandering, you know, woo, you know, I, I, if I were, if, if when I was four, if I would have gotten behind the wheel of a big truck like that, I don't know what I would have done. I probably would have, would have pedaled to the metal and just ripped it. Yeah. I wonder if that happens to Kevin Hart a lot. Because Kevin he's Hart is the size of a five-year-old? On, he's just, yeah. He's just standing on the front seat. <laughs> I got to get the rock. <laughs> Come on, Dwayne. <laughs> oh, man. It's possible. Um, and another uh, another quick sort of current events uh, story going on is, uh, unfortunately, somebody tried to uh, shoot up a federal courthouse in Dallas today. But mm-hmm. bright side is uh, the cops took him out immediately. Um, I don't know if he was killed. I know he was incapacitated immediately, and no one was hurt except for uh, the potential asshole uh, who tried to shoot up a federal courthouse. So it was Texas. It's I'm, Texas. I'm guessing they don't they don't shoot to uh, maim in Texas, as uh, Ron White said, you know about the death sentence in a lot of other states. Well, in, here in Texas, we've got a fast lane. You kill somebody, we kill you back. So fortunately, nobody was hurt in that ordeal. You know, another one of those situations where, honestly, if the cops wouldn't take them out, taking them out, they're most likely. Although it's federal courthouse, you you, you know, can't. you can't carry. But uh, you know, chances are that uh, he wouldn't have gotten very far. Yeah. Unfortunately, he didn't get far, and nobody got hurt except for the asshole who tried to shoot a place up. That's a funny thing to think about, too. You know about how strong the Second Amendment is in Texas. I bet a good portion of the people walking into that federal courthouse seeing that no guns allowed sign just rubs them the wrong way. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, and you know as well as I do that it it's probably frequent that, uh, you know, people see that sign. They see that sign that says, uh, you know, Guns are banned in these premises. It happens every day where people are like, well, screw you. I'm carrying my gun anyway. Uh, well, I because in the state of Minnesota, that's not a legal posting. A lot of states are that way. Yeah. A lot of states, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, that's not state law. Right. So if you see a sign that says guns are banned in these premises, it means that that's the request of the owners Owner of the building. The, mm-hmm. um, so. I'm not really going to get into that nope. whole political part of that, but it, you know, um, 
if if you're a responsible gun owner and especially if you're a responsible gun carrier um don't be a douche don't be a douche you know you gotta be the word responsible you know means you know holding up uh your end of the bargain yeah if you gotta and, take off your gun to go into kinder care and you're pissed off about it you know what go eat a lunch yeah go go eat, that's the go nicest eat, thing go I eat can two say. lunches and and <clears throat> drink some hand sanitizer yes oh mm. that's good yeah holding the paper up in front of the camera doesn't make for good tv no all right so the subject the main subject for this evening is <clears throat> cigar myths now matt i looked all over the place and i could not find a cigar tar or a giant cigar or little mini cigars that fix your shoe at night and i know but they are they are out there they are out are there they? you know there's the there's the one cigar <clears throat> to bind them and and one cigar to rule them all fellowship of cigars fellowship of cigars and then there's the uh um, with uh, the eye of sumatra <laughs> oh, 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 oh i love it i love it i got to use that and uh yeah the eye of sumatra i dig it um so Cigar myths. What is a cigar myth? Well, a uh, cigar myth is something that f unfortunately gets out there into the marketplace. And I'll say, I think social media only makes them worse. <laughs> what does it? Because what? Yeah, what doesn't social media make worse? But uh, you get, you know, you, you get people out there commenting saying, "Oh, you're supposed to do this this with a cigar, and if you don't do that was the, with a cigar, then you're a noob and you suck and you're stupid and you know and you know you should only have this kind of cigar and you should only smoke this kind of cigar after dinner, you know, on a full moon on the third Thursday of every month. Or there's just a lot of bullshit out there in the cigar world. Um, actually, this there was a, a podcast. Um, this was a while ago, I think, but uh, uh, John McTavish, a cigar surgeon from Developing Palettes, said um, the only thing more full of bullshit than a field of cows is the cigar industry. <laughs> I <love laughs> and it. I just I, I actually laughed my ass off when I heard that comment because it's so absolutely true. And it's not just on the I mean, he was mostly talking about the the manufacturing and sales end of things, but it's also true on the consumer end. There's just so much bullshit floating around and, you know, you've got to be able to know what's true and what's not true. And, you know, what is, what is opinion versus what is actual hard fact that, you know, you can't get around. So we're uh, going to go through sort of a laundry list of some of the biggest cigar myths that you'll hear from other cigar smokers or brand owners or, you know, brick and mortar shop owners, that kind of thing. Uh, good call. Trenda. Uh, I don't know why that didn't make it to my list, but uh, we'll see if it's on Matt's on Matt's list. Mm. Plume. Is it on your list? It's on my list. I love it. Yes. It is on the list. We got you covered. Yeah, we Trenda. got we got you, Trenda. It's it's that one has to be on the list because I that, can't believe I missed I'm it. I'm gonna save it for the end. Dang uh, it. Or at least close to the end because 
you know, that's, that's an important one. Um, do you have one right off the bat to start with, or do you want me to jump in? Um, I do. Yeah. Cuban cigars are the best. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not even, I mean, it's, it's demonstrably false. So I was, I was reading on, on the interwebs and, um, this there was a forum talking about this subject and this guy said in the 1980s um i lived in kansas at the time and we could not get coors in kansas okay so people on the weekends would drive in droves to missouri to get coors and okay. fill their trunks with coors moral of the story is is the forbidden fruit aspect yeah can make you chase things that aren't worth it yeah um so we said at the very beginning on the very first podcast we ever did that we are not going to review cuban cigars and the biggest reason Probably. behind that most likely if if so if the day comes that the embargo is lifted and and Cuban cigars can be sold in United States brick and mortar shops and online retailers that have their headquarters on U.S. soil. We'll change our mind about that. But until that happens, um, we're not going to. And it's not because of this flag-waving, you know, America bullshit. It's because Cuban cigars are far too inconsistent to properly review in my opinion and in my not in, in in my experience and yours too yep that i have had some fantastic cuban cigars in my life yep and i have had some horrible cuban cigars in my life and yep. i've had some in between every which way but they are far far too inconsistent i've had better fake cubans <laughs> than some real cubans i've had some good fake ones before yeah and, and um you know, uh, that might be another myth that, you know, the fake Cubans are just crap. Um, most of the time, if, yeah. if they are, um, a lot of times, I, I don't want to say most, but a lot of times it's real Cuban tobacco. Sure. It's a lot of times just shake and, you know, not yeah. long filler. They'll and, get some cutoffs. Rolled that... well a lot of times. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so look. Cuban cigars, have, there are some great Cuban cigars, but the thing with Cuban cigars is it's not the it's not that one brand is better than the other. It's that it, you, honestly, it's a roll of the dice roll of the dice as far as which day quality control was good, mm -hmm. because you get you have you not only have box codes for different months of the year, you have box codes for different factories, so you don't know if hey was uh, was quality control on point during. April of 2017 in the Partagas factory. I don't know. It's just there's too many too many variables. The fact is Cuban cigars, uh, the vast majority of Cuban cigars, at least, the, the, and this is another long discussion, that the genuine Cuban cigars that come out of the actual Habanos SA factories that are made with all Cuban tobacco have a very distinctive aroma and taste. Mm-hmm. But... There just there's too many incons inconsistencies across the board for us to put 
time into, and this is consumer-focused cigar info and entertainment, and the vast majority of consumers, we want you to get the best cigar experience, and in my experience, that comes with getting cigars from Nicaragua, Dominican Republic, Honduras, uh, and you know that's that's what we're going to focus on. Absolutely, and I'd be interested uh, for you guys that are watching, leave uh, you know where a Cuban, you know, so my in my top ten list that I'll always keeps changing, but I want to say a Cuban cigar um, is my number five. So it doesn't hit my even my top, you know. Yeah. Four. So. Yeah, and it really depends. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we won't get into specific brands or yep. or or facings of Cuban cigars, but the, there are some that I do buy on a regular basis and keep on hand on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. But it's it's like I said a minute ago, it's a roll of the dice whether I'm going to get a good one or bad one out of the box. Mm-hmm. So, I just don't want to put my time into that. Um, so, uh, a big one for me, the cigar myth that unfortunately I hear all the time is a dark wrapper on the cigar equals a strong and or full bodied cigar. That is nonsense in the purest form. Nonsense. Um, the, um, the wrapper leaf could mean anything. It, you know, a dark wrapper leaf means that it was most likely sun-grown, and it was fermented longer to get a deeper, richer color. Typically, for me, and for a lot of cigar smokers that I know, the darker the wrapper actually adds more sweetness. Sweet. Yeah. So if you've got a if you've got a Mexican San Andreas wrapper, that's you know, let's say instead of you know grade. I don't know if they grade Mexican San Andreas the same way they grade broadleaf, but let's say it's 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 uh, it's number one dark um, or whatever they call it, grade A dark. Um, and then you've got the more medium shades, the the chestnut brown kind of colors. Those are going to be, you know, they'll they'll have a, maybe a little bit more spice and that earthiness, mm-hmm. but then the darker it gets. I just I I get less the it, it's like the dial switches the earthiness goes down and the sweetness goes up. Yep. And that's why I dig San Andreas wrappers, especially you know the dark ones. I tend to really dig the darker San Andreas wrappers. And don't confuse spiciness for strength either. Yeah. Because that San Andreas is going to give you spice, but it will give you sweetness just as much. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a great point. And it's just the wrapper people. I mean, look at this cigar that we're smoking right now. This Casa Favili Robusto. It's all wrapper, right? It's all wrapper, except for the fact that it's not. I mean, <laughs> oh, that's you know, right. There's a middle part. There's there's a binder. There's a, there's lots of different filler leaves. And I wish we could show you this cross section um, in good definition because yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah. When Garrett first cut the head of the cigar, it was just the, oh. that beautiful spiral that you get when they really you can tell it was really bunched yep. with care. And there's different, you know. Uh, uh, different shades of uh, the tobacco and it makes a really cool pattern. Yeah. So dark wrapper does not equal strong or even full bodied. You can have um, actually one of the strongest cigars I've ever had. And I've, I say this all the time, but I don't really usually get strength from cigars, but one cigar that I remember because it surprised me so much 
that had a that that really gave me sort of the meat sweats was the Bayas Artes from AJ Fernandez. It's not a dark rapper at all. Mm. I mean, it's like a you know medium brown mm-hmm. kind of you know um, it, that cigar gave me the spins, and I don't get the spins when I smoke cigars. Maybe I got one that was, I think I only smoked that one, and maybe I got one that was, you know, somebody just, you know, decided to put a fistful of Lajero into. I don't know, but... Uh, you said fist. I did say fist. But that <clears throat> cigar gave me the spins. So, yeah, don't go thinking that uh, dark equals strong. And if, and if uh, you know, we'll say this a lot. If you're in a tobacco shop, a cigar shop, and... Um, you you know the person who owns the place or the you know person working there helping you out says you know basically every every dark wrapper cigar oh you don't want that when it's strong oh you don't want that when it's strong well maybe it is maybe it isn't you know you gotta you gotta do research and learn about the brands and that's a great segue to my next myth do it what is a strong cigar I like where your head's at. <laughs> Break that down for us. So when we talk about strength or a strong cigar, it can mean one of two things for people. Either it has a lot of bold flavors or it contains a lot of nicotine and therefore it is strong in nicotine and you're likely to get meat sweats. Yeah. They are not synonymous with each other at all. Absolutely true. Um. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Um, I'm pulling up. So I I started writing. I have I have a little kernel of an article that I'm writing about this very thing. Nice. Um, and I I'll just share this on the on the broadcast now, um, so that we can all get sort of a little little taste of it. <laughs> um, while you're looking for that, Trenda says Drew Estate is the best cigars. Myth or fact? Myth or fact? Well, that's a that's actually a whole other show talking about specific brands. So we won't we won't go into talking about specific brands. Um, so uh, I wrote, and this was actually um, we were on Facebook having a discussion with some people, Steve Saka and and I don't remember who else, but some other people were in on this discussion that I think Steve actually started. Uh, and I wrote for me strength and I put it in quotes, refers to the sensation brought on by higher residual nicotine Uh, because nicotine dissipates out of the tobacco leaf uh, as it's fermented. More more and more of that tobacco dissipates from the leaf as it's fermented properly. Um, uh, That feeling uh, in the lower throat, upper chest, that can sometimes make me feel like I need some sugar or food. An almost nauseated or woozy feeling, but not quite harshness, is usually the term I use for ammonia or other residual elements left in the leaf from under-fermentation or rushed processing. Boldness is typically about pepper or spiciness for me. Richness is a term that I use for heavy yet refined textures like cream or chocolate. Mm. Those are just the terms that work for me. Mm-hmm. So that's the, you know, I think... Though that just kind of that's this quick little encapsulation of the difference between strength and body and and yep. uh, uh, complexity. Absolutely, you know. I think there's a misnomer too on the other side of the table with mild cigars. Yeah, you know when uh, we talk about mild cigars, it's 
can be the polar opposite of what people are thinking as, as a light or a mellow flavor or light mellow in its nicotine content and strength. Yeah. So when I talk about a cigar strength, I'm talking about the nicotine content. How strong is that cigar? Do I need to eat a steak and a bunch of stuff before I have that cigar? Or um, can I chain smoke four of them and not vomit? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, so, you know, just do you know, do some research. There's some stuff, you know, on HBTC that you can learn about that. There's, there's a lot of good info out there in other places, but don't just automatically take, you know, take it as gospel. If you hear something from your local tobacconist, you know, cause it may not be right. You know, that's, I'm not saying tobacconists are, are bad. I'm just saying sometimes they're wrong. So, you know, they're, they're just trying to sell some cigars. I'm just trying to sell some cigars, man. Mm-hmm. All right, what, uh, what you got next? Little drinky, drinky. Um, okay, this one's a this one's a good one. Women cigar smokers, female cigar smokers, mm-hmm. only like fruity infused flavored cigars, Sweet or cigars. or mild, mm-hmm. like we just talked about, super mild Connecticut mm-hmm. cigars. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'm calling bullshit on that one right away. I know so many women cigar smokers who could smoke me under the table. Oh, absolutely. Well, and it just goes to show that, you know, we really need to stop with the women like this, women like that, and telling women where they, what they like or what they don't like. (laughs) They'll let you know. And uh, if you try and let them know what they like, mm, please invite me over before you do that so I can tape it. And this, this is something for... We can expand on this in another show, but I got to bring it up right now. This is something for the brick and mortar shops, for the guys who work in the brick and mortar shops, the guys who own the brick and mortar shops. When you have a customer come in and they go, they walk into your humidor and they start looking around at cigars. What is the question almost inevitably that they ask the customer when they walk in? What is typically what I consider to be the wrong question, but almost every single time, this is what they ask the customer. Wow. I'm kind of drawing a blank here. They ask the customer, what do you like to smoke? Oh. I'm sorry, but that's the wrong freaking question. Yeah, it should be what do you like to eat. bothers me as, as a cigar nerd. That bothers me. Or drink. What do you like to smoke? Mm. Well... And it's the same it's the same thing, like food, the food analogy. What do I like to eat? Well, it depends on how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I want spicy food. Sometimes I want a bowl of ice cream with, with chocolate sauce on it. Sometimes I want some smoked salmon with some, some cream cheese and some crackers. I don't know. But I like to eat lots of different things, and I like to smoke lots of different things. I think my personal opinion, I would love to be able to train every single person who works in a brick-and-mortar shop when a customer comes in and walks into the humidor, you give them a few minutes to look around and then you go up to them and say, what are you in the mood to smoke today? What are you in the mood to smoke today? Because they might be an experienced cigar smoker that's in the mood to smoke something light and creamy and flavorful. They might be an experienced cigar smoker who's in the mood to smoke something spicy 
and gritty, or they might be in the mood for something sweet and luscious and rich. So I'm sorry, the wrong question to ask is, what do you like to smoke? And that honestly, that even applies to new cigar smokers. If you've got a newbie in your in your walk-in humidor at your shop, they don't know what they like to smoke because they're new. So you know, cut into the conversation a little bit. Hey, or you know, how long have you been smoking cigars? You know, um, but don't start right out with what do you like to smoke because that's just a lazy. I'm sorry, that's a lazy question. How you about be better? How about do you smoke like a woman? Do you yeah? Do you smoke like a woman? Or, or when a woman walks into your humidor, you immediately point them to the acids or mm-hmm. the, the CAO flavors or mm-hmm. or the whatever. Havana honeys. Havana honeys. Um, it's, it's just lazy. Just, you know, try a little harder, you know, because you'll, the fact is you'll build a better relationship with, with your customers in the future if you do that. And this is a beautiful, I mean, cigars are a beautiful thing. And if you are as passionate about this, this culture and enjoying a good premium cigar, you should share that excitement, that joy with other mm-hmm. people. So, yeah, you know, that's what you should be giving to uh, uh, people in, that, that come into your shop. Yeah. So the next one I have is actually related to what we just talked about. And you hear people, especially people who are really experienced cigar smokers. This is really kind of not a topic for the noobs because typically noobs don't smoke lots of cigars in one day. But if you're having one of those days where it's a Saturday or a Sunday, you don't have anything cooking, which, hey, congrats, honestly. If you've got a Saturday or a Sunday where there's nothing going on, God bless you. I enjoy every second of it. And if you can have one of those days where you fire up like eight, ten cigars in a day, Freaking do it. Right. Do it. I say yep. do it. But there's this, there's this theory I've heard over many years that I've always disagreed with, and I always just sort of say, hmm, I don't really say anything. Well, I'm done not saying anything. So many people say you start with the mildest cigar first, and then you you take your cigars and you put them in this order where you go to the mild, start with mild, and then you ramp up a little bit, and your very strongest cigar is at the very end. That is backwards. Why? It's backwards. When you sit down and eat a meal... How do you eat them, especially a long, drawn-out meal? Mm-hmm. What do you uh, t- talk about how that, in your head, how does that meal progress from the beginning to the end? You're absolutely right. A you good sit restaurant, down, yeah. A good restaurant that has, you know, four to seven offerings in, in the process, um, they're going to start out with your heavier flavors first. Yes. And you will end on a light note. Well, they won't. So I, I agree, but I'll tweak that a little bit. They yeah. don't necessarily start with the heaviest flavors first, well, but the heaviest. you get some things to start to stimulate your palate. Mm-hmm. You get an appetizer. You'll get, you'll get, um, you'll start out with a cocktail to get your, you know, your, your taste flowing. buds, your, get your juices flowing and get your taste buds working and you'll get a little bit of an appetizer and it'll, 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 it'll ramp up a bit and then it'll, it'll go to this sort of crescendo, you know, especially like if, if, if you have this meal that starts with, you know, a cocktail and maybe a, you know, uh, maybe you get some shrimp and then 
you know, you've got a salad with this acidic dressing on it, mm. you know, this bright forward flavored mm. acidic dressing. Mm. And then you get the, you know, the main course that's got this fat tomahawk ribeye on the plate, you know, with, I know, I know, right? I hate and, your face right and, now so much. You've got this big fat ribeye, you know, that's, uh, uh. And, and, and a baked potato and, and asparagus. And it's this crescendo of, of these absolutely super hearty, rich flavors. And then you finish it off and you just sort of, you bring it down to this dessert place. Creme brulee. Creme brulee or, or sorbet or something like that where you just Tiramisu. sort of bring it. To, and, and in my mind, you if you're going to have one of those cigar days where you just like, it's like a cigar spa day. It's this is this is a me day and I'm just going to sit on my ass and I'm going to watch Netflix and I'm going to smoke 10 cigars today and I'm going to I'm going to have some waters and I'm going to have some beers and I'm going to have some diet cokes or whatever the hell it is you're going to drink along with it. The cigar diet, that cigar meal should follow the same arc that a that an actual meal follows. And I've I've experimented with that and it works. I have too. It works. I I couldn't agree more. And we haven't talked about this. No, we haven't. And uh, I am so glad uh, you brought that up because it is 100% true. It's the same thing that, I mean, if if they, um, for hundreds of years, they've been playing with flavors in the kitchen. And all mm-hmm. of these chefs follow this pattern. Obviously, they know something. The science is there to back it up. Yeah, We need some flavor to kickstart the our palates and you know smooth it out near the end yeah yeah totally um and so damn it my wife here my wife and i um been married a long time and she came from a family where they they hardly really ever had dessert and honestly when i was growing up we didn't have dessert a lot but there would always be something even if it was just a little piece of chocolate or whatever it was even when we were dirt poor, there was a little something sweet at the end of the meal. Mm. And she's not used to that. My wife's not used to that. Mm-hmm. And there have been times when, you know, those days where I have lots of cigars in a day. And when you follow that pattern of finishing off with the strongest cigar in the lineup, when you're done, in for me, it always feels unfinished. Mm-hmm. It always feels like it's not ending on the right note. It's like an unresolved chord. It is. An, it's unresolved chord. It's like if you sit down at that beautiful restaurant and you have that, you have a cocktail to start and you have a nice shrimp cocktail or a salad and then you get into, you know, a little bit of soup and then you ramp it up into the, the grilled asparagus and the twice baked potato and the tomahawk ribeye and then you're done. You'd be pissed. You're like, bring me a piece of cheesecake, man. Bring me some creme brulee. Bring me a piece of apple pie. Bring me something. Yep. But I'm not done. You know, even a, even even bring me a cup of a, of Cuban coffee or espresso, espresso, which with with a crapple of sugar in it. Yep. You know, that's milk and because yeah. that finishes it off. It's that note that that brings everything to a close. And so, if you're gonna have one of those cigar days, do follow that meal plan. You know where you you slow where you you ramp. You need what do you need? I don't know what that means. It's the Cigar International 
<laughs> sign language for cutter. Oh, cutter. Is it plugging on you? No, I uh, I got a little tear here, oh. and so I'm. Yeah, my uh, I I'm packing and moving, and my stuff is kind of discombobulated. So I just have some extra cutters laying around that aren't necessarily the best quality cutters. Um, so yeah, I may seem passionate about this stuff, but, um, you know, it's important. Um, so next cellophane <laughs> and there was actually a, somebody, one of, one of the members of MHC <laughs> brought it up today on, um, on MHC left a, a question asking about cellophane. And I think the question's great to ask. What I get upset about is when people chime in and say it's this way or you're, or you're stupid. And it's just it's just so ridiculous when when it comes to cellophane on cigars. It's just to come forward and say you have to do it this way or you're a moron. Just get get the hell out of here with that. It's it's dumb. Nobody's got time for that. Ain't nobody. Um, cellophane, fine. Leave it on. Take it off. I don't care. It cut the foot. It, it does. Yeah, cut the leave the cello on. Just cut it off where the foot is. I don't care. Yep. It doesn't matter. The fact is, and and even the the the, the bigwigs at Cigar Aficionado have done tests because they've been around so long and they've been smoking cigars so long. You have to age cigars at least 10 to 15, 20 years before you, you know, they'll have a, a, two identical boxes of cigars. They'll take the cello off one and they'll leave the cello on the other and they'll age them for 20 years. And then you can tell, okay, there's a difference because the ones with the cello on for 20 years maintained a little more of that strength. Mm -hmm. But the fact is, if you're store, if you're smoking your cigars on a regular basis, don't worry about it. Leave the cello on because the fact is it protects them. If you're going to send cigars to a friend, a cigar bomb, as we like to call it, if you're going to send cigars to a friend, leave the cello on because it's going to protect them when you send them in the mail. If you're going to take cigars in your travel humidor to go to, you know, a local herf or whatever it is, Leave the cello on because it protects them when they're in there. They're not going to, when they get bounced around, the cello is going to keep them from getting cracked or at least help prevent it. So, but otherwise, if you hear somebody chime in with a comment saying, you know, it's got to be this way or whatever, just ignore them because it's, it's moronic. Um, uh, this is another one. If the ash. This is a big myth. If the ash is messy or flaky or flowery, that means it's a poorly made cigar. Bullshit. Nonsense. That's so ridiculous. It could be, It. who knows? Could be a thousand different factors that cause an ash to flower or flake or, or weaken. It just, it's nonsense. Don't, don't get caught up in that. BS. Uh, Trenda, that's exactly what we're saying. What's that? You want to end the your cigar evening on an acid. You know what? I might try that. I'm not even big on infused cigars. I smoke maybe two infused cigars a year. It's super rare that I smoke infused cigars because they, they're just not in my wheelhouse. But I'm going to try that. Boom, look what you did. Look what you did, Trenda. You started a trend. <laughs> I, I don't get it. <sighs> I'm going to try it. 
I'm, but I'll try it with you. I'm going to have to go and buy I might do a Java. I, I'm going to have to go and buy some because I, I don't have any. How about a coffee and a Java at the end? Yeah, I'll do that. We'll get some to, tobacco specials yeah. or something. Yep. Um, we'll go to Big Apple and buy some. Awesome. Um, all right. Next. Um, my cigar has a tight draw. And the reason my cigar has a tight draw is because I found a and I'm going to put this in quotes for those of you watching on Facebook, I found a stem in it. Well, here's the thing. I'm sorry that you got a cigar with a tight draw. It sucks. It, it happens. It's really rare. If you find a good company that makes quality cigars and uses a draw tester or has highly trained uh, buncheros and roleros, you're probably not going to have a problem with that. But sometimes you get tight draws, especially going back to earlier subject, if you smoke a lot of Cubans. 80% of the Cubans you smoke probably have a tight draw. Mm -hmm. But these, if you see a larger, you know, when you, when you look at the leaves bunched in there, if you see something that looks like what too many people call a stem, it's not a stem. <laughs> it's not a stem. When they strip the leaves... They take out the center vein of the leaf, and then there are secondary veins in those leaves. Some of them are thicker and hardier and have almost woody consistency to them, but those are critical to proper combustion. They are critical to proper combustion. Pete Johnson from Tatuaje did a, did a, did a whole diatribe on Facebook about this a couple of years ago, uh, and people still just don't listen. I don't understand why people won't listen. That that if you have a tight draw on, on a cigar nine times out of ten, the reason the draw is tight is because they bunched it too tightly. When the, when the bunchero puts together that cigar and he grabs a, a leaf and a half of Lajero from this and a Viso here and a Seco there and he rolls that cigar, you know, the way, whether, depending on how they arrange those leaves, different factories do it different ways. But if they, if they mash it down too much and there's no air spaces between those folds, yep. that's what causes a tight draw. Or if a you, twist. Or a twist, yeah, which happens, mm -hmm. yep. which I actually ended up doing once and learned the hard way that you, you, if, you, if you roll one direction with, so yeah, like wringing out a washcloth. But it's not, there are no stems in your cigars. There are secondary veins from the leaf that are hardier and thicker um, but they have to be there for combustion so that the, because what you want, you, there's filler and there's binder and there's a wrapper and you don't want the filler to burn faster than everything else. Cause then you get tunneling. You don't want the wrapper to burn faster than everything else because then you'll get a canoe or whatever else, you know, and you want combustion to happen at the right rate so that everything burns evenly and together and you have to have some of those larger sections of the leaf, including those secondary veins that give you that proper combustion. And, and the fact is there's a lot of oil in those, in those secondary veins. Yep. And uh, I remember many years ago um, watching, there was a guy that did reviews, maybe does reviews and he would dissect cigars. And I remember one time him, opening up a Padron, a uh, nice Padron 26, and saying, oh, my gosh, look at this huge 
stem in here. He called am, it a stem? He did. Oh. And he said, I am so disappointed in Padron. And that was it for me. <laughs> that just makes me want to cry. I mean, that's <laughs> just such bullshit. And what that is, is um, actually that um, that larger vein that they use does a lot of things. It gives, um, like Matt said, the um, a, a good burn of all of the, the tobacco. Um, but it also provides strength um, and uh, uh, get a lot another of flavor. You get profile. a lot of flavor out of that. Yeah. Um, and when I said a second ago, when I said there's a lot of oil content in that, for so for those of you who are newer to smoking premium cigars, <laughs> I don't mean oil. I, I'm not talking about like you know I'm I'm not talking about Quaker State or or WD40 or you know uh, uh, Wesson vegetable oil. It's <laughs> tobacco. The black tobacco leaves have uh, have naturally occurring oils in them. And that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about um, any foreign substance added. To, although that's another show we can talk about. <laughs> uh, foreign substances added to uh, premium cigars. Um, okay, this next one I'm going to save till the end uh, because it's our favorite subject. Um, so another one that you hear that's a myth commonly is cigars from, insert name of country here, are always this so people say oh all nicaraguan cigars are really spicy and bold <laughs> and all dominican cigars are really mild and all cuban cigars are really uh florally and and all honduran cigars are really earthy and it's it's just not true because that's just the country that the cigars were rolled in the fact is, it's a blend of different tobaccos from and and yeah, there are puros that are made from all from tobaccos from that that one country, but there are different primings, different parts of the different parts of the plant uh, leaves that were some were cured in a different way, some were fermented for uh, six months, some were fermented for six years. I I don't know, but but and and you're going to have blends put together this is it's got a little peruvian tobacco it's got a little dominican tobacco it's got a little bit of nicaraguan it's got some mexican it's got some uh jamaican whatever it is um so that that that's a misnomer you know that's just the country where the cigars were made so mm -hmm. don't don't uh, you know if you see handmade on the box and you're in the the brick and mortar shop and you walk into the humidor you see this box handmade in nicaragua and don't don't think to yourself oh that's a spicy cigar Ask the tobacconist about it. Get more information about it. If the tobacconist doesn't know, pull it up on your phone. You know, it, it's so quick now. You just pull it up on your phone, put in, type in the name of the cigar, and you can learn about the binder, wrapper, filler, um, and learn about, um, you know, that. To, and you can probably even find reviews, um, most likely even on HowAboutThatCigar.com. <laughs> Shameless plug. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the, origin, the country of origin doesn't necessarily... Uh, mean anything aside from uh, the country of origin. That's really it. It's I mean, like saying everybody named Matt is an asshole. Well, well, that you know, it's a weird, funny story. That actually is true. Is it? It is. Oh, okay. Totally well. true. Totally true. All right, I've got one. Guilty. Yeah. Go ahead. Cuban seed. So we could probably do an entire show on this uh, subject, and any and of these, we, and for we that matter. And we probably will. 
but <clears throat> Cuban seed, what? Well, Cuban seed, that, that must mean it's a Cuban cigar, right, yeah, Absolutely, it it's is. It's a Cuban cigar. Or sometimes Habano seed or Habana mm-hmm. seed. Um, and let's be honest, majority of the tobacco that uh, comes out in the industry at some point originated or was crossed with Cuban tobacco. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, this is one of the subjects that for whatever reason, because I'm a huge nerd, I long to learn more about. So I learn as much as I can. I've gotten fortunately some really good literature lately that I've been that I've been digesting as much as I can in between packing and and moving and all that stuff and um, baseball practice and guitar practice. Um, but yeah, don't don't take certain terms to heart too directly because they really in the, like you know going back to John McTavish's comment, the only thing you know that m- more filled with bullshit than a field of cows is the cigar industry so take those terms with uh um a little bit of grace grain of salt yeah um this next point ties into what we talked about last week and that is the the myth that expensive cigars are always better than cheap cigars Mm -mm. that is just not true I remember my first box of super premium cigars was a Stradivarius. Oh my gosh. Now, nice. I'll say damn good cigars. Um, Do they still make those? No. Okay. I didn't didn't think so. So Stradivarius made, um, they made, ultra premium cigars and they i want to say msrp'd around twenty dollars a stick was that a davidoff brand yep okay well it was a davidoff collab okay i don't remember who was the blender or where it was rolled or any of that but it um it came in in the the box is gorgeous each cigar came in a coffin there was 15 of them and it was a beautiful offering from the box to the cigars. They were all great. Yeah. Um, after sitting on them for, you know, a few years, I wouldn't call them $20 cigars. Okay. I really wouldn't. Um, they were good. They were they were great. Yeah. But um, I would take an Añejo. I would take a T-52 yeah. over those any day of the week. So on the – so the – how about that cigar, the, the, the PAD scale, the price? Uh, of course, I'm having a brain fart. Yep. <laughs> price adjustment differential. You you would give those a minus, minus two or three? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's a pretty big minus. So, so, yeah, that means it's basically three, it smokes three points below its price point. Yep. Okay. And that happens, you know, um, just like we talked about so much last week. You'll have cigars that are three bucks a stick that um, you love to smoke every day. And that's your cigar and you love it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, there are some phenomenal cigars that are in the in the 20 to $30 price range. There mm-hmm. really are. But the fact is there are some absolutely outstanding cigars that are in the 6 to $10 range. Absolutely. Um, and there are some very good cigars that are in the sub six dollar range so 
do your own research and um, don't get caught up in price points or, or even brand names for that matter. Don't get caught up in it yep. because you never know what you're going to find. Um, and the last point, and this is, I had to save this to the end because it's, <laughs> it's this never ending river of overflowing bullshit in, in the world of premium cigars, every Facebook group, every forum, every discussion group, every group of guys at, at the cigar shop. And the subject is this mythical creature, this, this, this J.R.R. Tolkien, uh, God of whatever called plume plume. Oh, my cigars got, look at this plume on my cigar. It's so beautiful. I can't wait to smoke this cigar. That's got plume all over it. Well, I, I hate to burst your bubble. I really do because it is a cool concept. In theory, it's a really cool concept that this cigar is going to get these, these magically crystallized coatings of, of the oils that turn crystalline over time and, and coat the surface of the leaf of the wrapper leaf. And it gets this beautiful sort of hazy appearance to it. I, I agree that it's a really cool concept, but the, the scientific fact is it's nonsense. And I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings, but it's nonsense. Yes. Plume is plume is a, okay. All plume, plume is a real thing, but it's not what people think it is. All cigars that have plume on the outside surface of the wrapper, all plume contains mold, but not all mold contains plume, if that makes any sense at all. And there's been a, actually a, a genuine scientific study. If you go on, um, there's, a, there's a forum, Friends of Habanos, uh, friendsofhabanos.com. Um, and um, just go on Google and search for uh, Cigar Plume Study Friends of Habanos. And it'll take you right to it. And they, they even gave a reward for anybody who could produce a and it was a significant monetary reward for anybody who could give them a cigar that had actual plume that was 100% plume and contained zero traces of mold. They, they tested dozens. I want to say even maybe even hundreds of different cigars from different age ranges, from different countries, things like that. And there was not one sim single example ever in history of a cigar that contained zero that that appeared to be what what everybody calls plume that contains zero traces of mold so if you see a cigar that and especially if you're shopping for cigars if you're in a brick and mortar shop and there's something fuzzy growing on the outside of the cigar and the the tobacconist and I use that term loosely calls it plume leave that shop immediately because they are full of shit. Leave that shop immediately and do not give them your money. They're either full of shit or they're they're so naive that they have bought into the the nonsense. It is ridiculous. Um, and so, like I said, all 
plume contains mold, but not all mold contains plume. So you can't, it is possible to have a cigar that will have on the surface of the wrapper, and you'll only see it on the surface of the wrapper. If you ever see anything on the foot, no bueno. No bueno. But if you see any hazy, sort of uh, grayish, whitish, evenly colored um, stuff on the outside of the wrapper, there is a chance, depending on the age of that cigar and how long it was stored, that there is some, some of that is plume. And plume is, like I, we talked about a minute ago, the natural oils that occur in that leaf. They will over time. They will they will move their way to the surface, and they will they you know they just sort of crystallize. They get a little bit old, and they crystallize. But the fact is, that will always come with traces of mold. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, and I've smoked cigars with mold on them before. You wipe it off if if it's a if it's a grand, glorious aged Cuban or something like that. You know, if you've got a 30, 40 year old cigar and it's been stored properly. Wipe that shit off and smoke it. It'll it's, be bomb.com. It'll probably be great. But don't let anybody tell you that it's not mold or that there is no mold on that cigar. It's okay. It's not it's not a tragedy, but but just let's be honest with ourselves about what it actually is. That there is mold on that cigar. Um, but if you yeah, like I said, if you if you go into a shop and they say, Oh, that's plume, F O, get out of there and find enough shop. Because um, there, there are some shops. Uh, well, there's a shop locally, and I'm not gonna, I'm not even gonna mention their name. There is a shop locally that, that it was so bad in their walk-in humidor. There was mold. So not only was there mold growing on the outside wrapper of the cigars, not only was there mold mold growing on the feet of the cigars. There was mold on the outside of cellophane. There was mold on the boxes. There was mold on the shelves. Of this shop, it was it was an absolute wasteland of and and filled with glorious, beautiful padrones mm-hmm. and Camachos and 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 JREs and just wonderful cigars in this place that were littered with mold and absolutely destroyed. And sadly, the leadership thought that that was plume. Yeah, and they the fact is they may have actually thought that was true. It, I'm not saying in every case somebody's trying to pull the wool over your eyes or trying to pull a fast one just to make a quick buck. They may just genuinely be naive and not know better, but that doesn't mean you need to give them your money. Um, a good cigar shop owner, if he sees a, a little bit of an outbreak of mold on some of the cigars, he's going to take care of it, or she's going to take care of it. They're going to see that and they're going to say, "Okay, I got a, I got a mold problem. I got to get." get this taken care of right away i got to change the humidity uh, uh humidity i got to change whatever to keep this from happening in the future and i got to get rid of these cigars yep you know if they you know sometimes maybe they can sell them back to the manufacturer sometimes they'll say you know i just got to chuck them or smoke them myself so but that's the that's the rant about plume um uh aged old beautiful wonderful cigars can be fantastic mm-hmm. um but just be aware that it is there is actually mold even on the oldest cigars with the most beautiful uh, crystalline structure on the outside. There's there's mold there. If you're aware of it and you're okay with it, 
smoke it and enjoy it. But just let's be honest about it. That's all. The end. So do you have any other cigar myths for us? That was it. Cool. So that was our big uh, cigar myths. There are probably others. If you guys have others, please leave them in the comments. Uh, send us an email at at, uh, um, uh, at the website. Leave a comment anywhere on the Facebook page. Tell us what your favorite cigar myths are. We'd love to know what those are. Um, today's useless fact of the day. This was this is pretty cool, actually. So can you tell me, in the history of Disney movies, mm. which Disney character? And this is a little dark. Which Disney character has the highest kill count? Mulan. Damn it. Is it right? It is Mulan. Yes! Son of a... That sucks. You're not supposed to guess it that fast, damn it. Oh, all right. So Mulan, I killed my fire here. Oh, Just poured a bucket of water all over it. Okay, so uh, the Disney character with the highest kill count is Mulan. Mulan, and this comes from... Uh, website, which I don't recall right now, but uh, Mulan is fierce, brave, incredibly inspirational, but she is also incredibly deadly. Mm. In fact, she was not only the first Disney princess to kill someone on screen in the 1998 film, she also has the highest kill count of any Disney character. According to Unilad, (laughs) Mulan took out 1,995 people (laughs) over the course of the film. Well, it was a big avalanche. That's what... Yeah, including the evil Hun leader, Shan Yu, and 19, 9, 1,994 Huns by triggering an avalanche. Yep. So uh, beware of, uh, beware of uh, small Asian women, because I'm telling you, man, they're not, not to be trifled with. Mm-mm. So, yeah, that, that's, that's my useless fact of the day. Love it. So... If you're thinking it's, you know, um, I don't know, John Smith in Pocahontas or whatever, yeah. Or uh, what's the what's the creepy dude's name in, in The Hunchback? I don't remember his name. The, the evil dude in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yep. yeah, Mulan. Mulan. Innocent, sweet, adorable little Mulan is the deadliest Disney character. Killing dudes. Killing dudes. Taking names. Mm-hmm. So, let's take us to Numero de los Muertos. <laughs> the number is 75. 75. Annually. Annually. In America. In America. Mm-hmm. Okay. Play 20 questions. Is it Mulan? <laughs> it is not Mulan. It's so seventy-five people in America aren't killed by Mulan every year. Nope. Well, according to this, well, they, that was they, in China. They, they probably. Oh, that was in China. Yeah. So, in China, um, <laughs> China, in America, seventy-five people every year die from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll start the way I usually start: um, adults or kids, or both. Both. Natural causes, Mm-mm. accidents, mm-hmm. vehicles Mm-mm. in the home. I mean, in the home, some of them are vehicles. Some are vehicles uh, in the home, Mm-mm. not in the home. 
uh, illegal activity? Nope. Um, you have this item that is responsible. I have this item? Mm -hmm. Do I have this item in this shed? No. No. Uh, is it related to any implements that are commonly referred to as weapons? No. But that would be sweet. Uh, is it something used for lawn maintenance? It is. Oh. Is it a string trimmer? No. Is it a lawnmower? It is. Well, it's 75 people a year are killed from lawnmowers? Yes. Whoa! All right, people, be careful with your lawn. Be careful when you cut your grass. Don't get Seriously, crazy. Seriously, it's a jungle out there. It <laughs> <laughs> uh... Sorry, I had, I had, you may be able to tell I had a beer before this one, so. <laughs> one? Maybe one, maybe, maybe more. 75, I actually, now that I think of that number, it seems a little low. 75 people a year are killed. Does it, does it uh, delineate riding mower versus push mower? It said it was a combination of. Combination of both. Yeah, yeah be careful mowing your grass, people, seriously. It's a. You know, or if you know if you're mowing the lawn and somebody has uh, got their headphones in and they're sunbathing, you probably shouldn't, you know, keep going. Maybe stop when you see. You should stop when you see a person, and, and <clears throat> don't don't take your mower over that person, because that would be murder, mm. and murder is bad. It is bad. It is bad. All right, uh, that was a very good numero de los muertos. Notable smokables for this week. My first one on the list is one that I have been excited to try for a very long time and finally picked one up at Stogie's on Grand on Father's Day. My family and I hung out on Grand Avenue, kind of walked up and down Grand Avenue during the day. Nice. And I was like, oh, well, Stogie's is right here. I'll just I'll just stop in for a second. Just, just see it, yeah. So I grabbed a handful of scars. One of those was the Crux Epicure Maduro. Mm. And it was worth the wait. I mean, it was announced yep. last year, and uh, it finally shipped. And they had to change the name. There's a little copyright dealio. Uh, they had to change the name. But the Crux Epicure Maduro, so good. It is. Seriously. There's sweetness, like sweetness galore. And that's another one of those dark wrapper cigars. Dark wrapper. It's not strong. Mm -mm. It's got great sweetness and richness to it. There's this sort of cocoa, raisin, I can't, it's, it's hard to even really describe, but there's just really good stuff going on in there. Yeah. And it ramps up. It does. Yeah. Yeah. In the flavors, not in the strength, but the flavors. It's, yeah. It's great. So if you find the Crux Epicure Maduro at your local brick-and-mortar shop, definitely pick that up because it, it is a winner. Uh, La Ranja. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Espinosa. Mm. Which uh, Vitola was it? Toro? Uh, Corona Gorda? Corona Gorda. Okay. Love that cigar. Gosh, it was it's, good. It's uh, And, and that, that um, to mention quick for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, the they came out recently with the uh, the Espinosa uh, Laranja Reserva Escuro. Ooh. So um, basically a Maduro version um, of the Laranja, 
obviously a different blend, but sort of in that wheelhouse, it's got a Brazilian Modafina wrapper on it, which has that kind of saltiness to it. And it does, and, mm. and it's probably just my brain playing tricks on me, but the, there is a review of that cigar now on HowAboutThatCigar.com. So search for it on the website. Um, it's great a cigar. great cigar. That Maduro version, um, Hector and Eric and the guys at Espinosa hit another, you know, another home run with that cigar. It is, uh, it's, it's like a uh, sweet and salty balance to that cigar and it's got earthiness and there's just a lot of complex things going on in that cigar. I was very happy with it. So if you find that cigar at your local brick and mortar, pick up a handful of those. It's definitely a good cigar. Do you have others? Um, others? I, have, I have the uh, Opus Corona. Mm-hmm. It was my uh, Father's Day oh, um, nice. nightcap cigar. Nice. Yeah. Um, was that a, just a newer one you picked yep. up? Yep. Okay. Oh, smoking. I uh, I burnt my finger. Burnt my finger on that one. Those are good. Um, fresh, you know, they're good. Age, mm. they're outrageous. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely Opus. I mean, it's an Opus. So very good cigar. Um, I smoked one that surprised me, and unfortunately it surprised me for a bad reason. Um, and I'm just going to call it like it is. Um, weeks ago I bought, when I was at Big Apple Cigar, I picked up a handful and one of them happened to be the La Aurora 1903 Cameroon. Hmm. And Saturday I was, uh, burning some old lumber to get rid of it and, uh, sitting on the deck far from the fire just to, you know, make sure it didn't get out of control. I was like, well, I'll grab a cigar. I'm going to sit down and, it was just not good. The draw, really? the draw was really, really tight. It was harsh. Um, now I'm gonna give full disclosure. It was a very humid day. It's Minnesota. It's possible that as soon as I took it out of the humidor and walked outside, it just blew. You know, yeah. It never cracked or anything like that, but it just right. it never drew properly. There was some. I didn't get that Cameroon mm-hmm. pop that I that I expect from a Cameroon wrap cigar. It just never really landed. Uh, unfortunately, I'm, it's the first time I've had the cigar. Chances are maybe I had a bad one. It, it happens. So I'll, yep. I'll buy a couple more and try it again. Um, and the last one for me was, um, uh, over at, uh, Joe Guzman's house. Oh yeah. Um, he, Joe always pulls out the, the cigars that are, um, you know, have a little bit of, uh, little bit of age on him and joe is a huge fan of old my father cigars and old uh don papine cigars and he pulls out a cigar that's not even made anymore the la la reloba sumatra these which i'm pretty sure they stopped making in 2012 um and it just it almost dripped with oil the wrapper was so oily and it just Mm. it had that sumatra flavor to it but it was it was deepened. It was like this deeper version of a, of a Sumatra flavor profile. And you like it deep. Oh, I, anybody who knows me knows <laughs> I like it deep. Yep. Super creepy. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. It was outstanding. And, and we just hung out, um, me and Joe and, and Chelsea, his wife, and grilled, they grilled some meats. And we just hung out and talked and had a great time. Um, cigars beautiful yeah Gosh. It, was, it was just great 
And uh, so that if if you're able to find them, like I said, they stopped making them a long time ago. If you're able to find some uh, some of the La Roloba Sumatra, um, it's the yellow, got the yellow color on the on the band. Um, definitely pick them up, buy them uh, immediately, and smoke them because they're outstanding. Um, especially now with five, six, seven years of age on them. Can't imagine. Very, very but good. But that was cigar. great. So that is it uh, for Notable Smokables. Yep. So that is also the conclusion of How About That Cigar Live for June 18th, 2019. Please like and share this video. Absolutely. And if you are listening on the podcast channels, yep. subscribe to the podcast, rate the podcast, share it with your friends, let everybody know what we have going on here at How About That Cigar. Com. There's been a lot of news coming up because IPCPR is coming soon. Mm-hmm. So press releases galore. I'm doing the best I can to keep up with them. Thank you so much to the manufacturers and brand people that have sent me press releases. I'm doing the best I can to keep up with them. There are some more reviews in the works, although right now um, with everything going on, um, I'm trying to give press releases more of a front row seat so we give everybody an idea of what's coming out in the market soon and is going to release and be announced at IPCPR. So I want to make everybody aware of that. So for, for a little while, maybe reviews aren't going to come uh, as, as often as, uh, as they were. Um, so, you know, it's, it's part of what we're doing right now. Yep. Um, so like, share, subscribe, uh, share, share, share. That's the biggest thing. Uh, let everybody know what's going on here at HowAboutThatCigar.com and on the podcast and on the Facebook Live show. If you have any questions, let us know on the website. Shoot us a uh, note on Facebook. Leave comments here on this video. And until then, we will see you next time. And as always, burn cigars, not bridges. Take care, guys. Bye.